Hey, welcome to the Grab the Map podcast, where we don't just look at it, we grab the map. I'm I'm the host of this one, John Crutchfield, and every single week we get on here and we talk about all things real estate investing. We like rental houses, we like flipping houses, we like a little wholesaling, uh, anything that that uh, progresses our, our financial well-being through asset, uh, asset, assets, assets. All right, so I'm excited today. Uh, don't forget, you can see us on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm excited today to, to talk to Jamel Gibbs. Uh, introductory conversation. We're sitting here laughing a little bit before the, the show starts. But Jamel, you there, man? I'm here, man. I appreciate you having me, bro. Man, I'm, I'm excited that we, we're getting to do this. REI Education Academy, a real estate investing mentor, active investor, Man, before, before I hit the record button, because you were you were talking about investing <laughs> in Africa, man. You were talking about a VA sending you a deal, like as we were talking. I was like, we can't miss none of this. Yeah, <laughs> not miss none of this. How's it going? I'm doing great, man. Yeah, I was just uh, looking at my text messages. I'm not sure if you can see this or not, but um, I have a I have my own virtual assistant service, and um, part of that service, obviously, I use it as well, yeah. but. We got in the last week, maybe 10 deals. Uh, yeah. we're, we're on average doing about two contracts a day. Yeah. Um, and I literally just got another one right right here. I'm not sure if you can see that or not, but. Look, I'll, I, I'll, I'll, I, I, I can't can see, see. <laughs> I can see it a little blurry, but I can hear it even better. Yeah, and, uh, for sure, man. You, you but it's right here in my local market. And, yeah. um, you know, just, a, just another deal that we just got on the contract and what I'm, what I'm typically doing right now is I used to do a lot of wholesaling. Um, I'm sure we'll get into all of this, but uh, I'm just taking down a lot of properties now, just buying and holding. Um, I believe wholesaling is definitely a key aspect of the business, but I believe ultimately it's a, it's a stepping stone to, to bigger things. I think um, you can build a, a business wholesaling, but I think, that cash flow is really where um, you you build your real, your real wealth. You know what I mean. So I think, for me personally, for my circumstances, and I and I could get into all of this stuff. But when I first started, I started off as a fix and flip investor. Uh, that was back in two thousand and two to two thousand and six. Um, made a lot of money doing it. Uh, I was over leveraged. I lost everything I, I built up in two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight market crash. Um, I had to build everything back up. I wholesaled my way to be able to do that, to build up the capital that I needed, uh, the seed money in order to be able to get started all over again. Uh, within 10 months, I was back on my feet and uh, I started doing creative investing. Uh, so I, I've touched on just about every aspect of real estate you could think of, over 2,000 houses in 20 years. And um, I've even built communities you know, um, on acres of land. Uh, but I find my sweet spot in being um, buying and holding real estate. And ultimately, I believe cash flow after all of these years, you know, the last 10 years, I want to say I've, I've figured, figured out that cash flow is really where the money is at. If you want to build real wealth in real estate, you need cash flow at the end of the day. So um, whether it's through apartments, uh, which is preferable, um, uh, or, you know, most people get started in single family units, uh, no matter what you're doing, you need cash flow. So use wholesaling and yep. things like that for quick cash to be able to not live a lifestyle 
like you see on Instagram and, and all across social media, yeah. but to be able to take that money and invest into assets that's going to bring in cash flow, live off the at, live off of the cash flow, not the asset money. And uh, that's my philosophy with real estate, man. I hear you. I hear you, man. I heard all kind of rabbit holes we could jump into today. Yeah. I heard uh, fix and flipping. I heard wholesaling. I heard Everything. creative deal structuring. Uh, I, now I'm hearing rental property. So lots of different uh, avenues you're going down. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, similar story here. I, I didn't start off wholesaling and flipping. I started off holding. Mm. And uh, that comes with its own set of oh, challenges. A uh, lot of burst strategy, fix, mm-hmm. fix it, don't flip it, hold it, just borrow, 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 and hold, hold, hold. And uh, I'm excited about this conversation because you're 20 years in, you've been through a, a bad cycle. I'm mm-hmm. six years in, and it's just been green for the last six years. So I, I don't know what that's like. And I always, I'm like, man, how do people lose everything? Like, it, I, I don't know how to, I'm like, man, I got banks basically telling me they'll never take my properties. They're saying they don't want them back. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, what does that look like? You know what uh, it is, man. I I think it's just over leveraging and moving too quickly. You know, when you're in your early 20s, like I I started when I was 21. When you're in your early 20s, you have a lot to lose. Well, you really have nothing to lose. I'm sorry. Um, You really don't have much to lose. So you're, you're more aggressive, more eager. When you start having... You get married, you start having kids, you start thinking about things in a different ways. And, and that was that was my situation. You know, I was, you know, I was 21 years old. I didn't have any kids. I was aggressive. Yeah. I'm from Brooklyn. So naturally, I have a I have a natural aggression about the way I approach things. And, you know, around that time, man, I was just full force. I jumped out the window. I didn't know anything about real estate, but I figured everything out relatively quickly. Um, no education, never took a home study course, never had a mentor, anything like that. It was just using basic common knowledge and taking action. I think people, uh, and, and you know, I'm sure you can agree with this as well. A lot of people, when they come into the real estate industry or they want to get started, they overthink, yeah. they think too much, right? Rather than learning while you're actually doing. So rather than you know, saying, hey, how can I do this? How about pick up a phone and start calling people and figure it out on your way? Fall on your face a thousand times. You know, one of those times you're going to be able to pick yourself up. You're going to figure it out and it's just going to work, you know, but it takes work to be able to to, to do it. There's no miracle. There's no uh, secret sauce in, in business. It's just pure hard work. And as you work hard and continue to grind, it gets easier over time. You know, so I think people just uh, overthink this thing. They call it they call it analysis paralysis. Paralysis. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, this is something we definitely need to think about um, less. Right. We, we need to think more about just getting started. Maybe we start a little ugly. Uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, Chris. Chris. What's his name? Chris Krimtus. He has that book called Start Early. I was looking for it to pull it up here. Start start ugly. And uh Starting ugly, he basically says, look, you're going to get so much more from the experiences that you're going to gain from working and figuring it out uh, Mm -hmm. than you are from just reading books and thinking about it and looking at spreadsheets, which never are correct. And uh, I I hear you. I hear you. So 
getting started is 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 super positive, um, super part, positive way to get get going. A lot of people who listen to this podcast are doing that, right? They're thinking about how do I get started? Do I get started wholesaling, flipping? Do I start holding? Um, like maybe you could just tell us, like I, I know you got started fixing and flipping, but like how did you choose real estate? Why was that something that you decided was something you wanted to go down? That's a great question, man. You know, um, back in I'm just taking it back a, a couple of years, but back in 1999, I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't want to go to college. I, I did register for Mega Everest College in Brooklyn. Uh, it was a community college, uh, but school was never really my my strong point, to be honest, man. So uh, I was always entrepreneurial minded. I always found a way to make a buck. And um, I I knew that the money was really down on Wall Street. So uh, fresh out of high school, I was offered a position as a cold caller on Wall Street. And I used to work for $250 every other week. So about 500 bucks a month living in New York City uh, at 18, 19 years old. It wasn't a lot of money. But um, uh, I started building a reputation on Wall Street uh, after a year. And then 9-11 took place and I kind of wiped that whole uh, business out. So I was working for this uh, spot trading currency firm. Mm-hmm. who went out of business after 9-11. So I basically had to start all over. I had a friend who was in the real estate industry in Brooklyn. Uh, he worked for one of the largest, uh, well, the largest, I'm sure they're still the largest today, uh, brokerages in Brooklyn. And, um, you know, he encouraged me to get my real estate license at that point. And I went out, went to school for two weeks, uh, got my license, and I got into the real estate industry. I started meeting people who were, uh, I, I had, it took me a little bit of time to figure out what they were doing. But in, in Brooklyn, you have the Jewish community and they buy up a lot of real estate. And I started networking with some of them. They started purchasing properties from me. And I remember one time this guy bought a house. It's like a half a million dollars or something like that in, in uh, Fort Greene, which was my, my territory. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he sold the property, he made like $300,000. And I got a, a fraction of that, you know, as a broker's commission. And I, I'm looking at it like I'm in the wrong business. So started picking his brain. He started uh, showing me the ropes a little bit. And I just took it and, and ran with it. Bought a couple of properties. Um, then a few years later, I ended up moving to uh, Pennsylvania uh, back in 2006. And I really turned it turned up what I knew, I was able to turn it up there. And I bought a few hundred houses in Pennsylvania, um, built that thing up. I was buying, fixing, selling houses. And uh, a couple of years after that, I was over leveraged. Nobody told me to you know, stay cashed up. They, they basically said, keep plugging. And that was my downfall. So had a lot of money out, couldn't pay the mortgages, couldn't sell the houses, lost everything, went bankrupt. Uh, but I ended up rebuilding, like I said, wholesaling my way back up, built my cash back up, uh, got into some, found some creative ways to do things, lease options and subject twos and things like that, that kind of figured out along the way. Um, after that, got cashed up, started doing exactly what you said you do, the bird strategy. Uh, and then that kind of led into more cash flow, led into apartments, led into house building, yeah. things like that. And now we're we're looking into uh, investing in other countries, you know, uh, Africa and um, a friend of mine I was just talking with this morning, we, we were talking about Ghana. 
Uh, we're also looking at N Namibia, who's a, I have a couple of friends out in Namibia toward the South, South African uh, countries. And uh, I'm even looking in places like Puerto Rico, you know, where you know, it's still U.S. territory, but the tax benefits in Puerto Rico is phenomenal at this point, you know, and you still get the benefits of living uh, in, in a developed country. So um, just different things like that, you know, when you build up cash flow, you know, what I've learned over the years is when you build up cash flow, it, allow, it allows you to open up the doors for a lot of different things. And uh, once you have that cash flow coming in, you can really make different decisions that allow you to invest outside of your comfort zone, like Africa and things like that in developing countries. Man, I, I got addicted to seeing the, the the gross rents keep going up. Yep. Uh, just like, man, I could, I could have people owing me at the first of the month instead of all of my money going out at the first of the month. And uh, I was like, man, I can increase that number even more if I start buying bigger deals. Yeah, man. And think about think, yeah. think, think about that for a minute, though, right? You know, I had a friend tell me one time, he said, look, he said, and this is what really sparked my interest when it came to passive income. He said, I could, I can make, I'm getting $80,000 at the first of the month, right? He said, I could spend this whole 80 grand doing whatever I want to do, right? And I don't have to work yeah. the entire month. And I know I got another 80 grand coming. Yeah. Just imagine that, right? So when you put that into perspective, it's like hitting a lottery, the lottery every single month. Yeah. Of course, it takes time to build up to that. But at the end of the day, you know, you really... When it comes to passive, you, you, this so I mean you you understand the benefits of owning uh, owning real estate. You got depreciating uh, the depreciating uh, benefits of it, uh, major tax benefits, major cash tax. flow, appreciation yeah. on the property. There's so many different ways to make money yeah. uh, when you own real estate yeah. versus going out and spending that money on something else. I mean, you you get addicted to it. You really do, man. And and it's a fun game to be in. You know. Yeah, I was I was actually talking to somebody a little bit earlier about this. And I was like, man, one day I'm going to have all of this property paid off. And I'm like, what am I going to do with with uh, I, I don't have I don't have 80,000. But I said, mm -hmm. what am I going to do with 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 what the, what I've got every month? What am I going to do with it? And he's like, you find a way you'll find you'll find yeah. something to do with it once you have access to it. Of course so, you would, man. And, you know, that's that's something that that's a whole nother discussion we could have. Should you pay off your properties? You know, that's a yeah. whole nother discussion we can have. But, Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. You know, you know, for me, man, I'm, you know, three years after I went belly up, I was able to basically retire. Right. Yep. And I think we spoke a little bit about this before where, you know, I consider it to be semi-retired and I've been semi-retired since I was 30 years old. I'm 40 now. Right. And what that basically looks like for me is, I'm able to get up, do what I want. You know, I work from home. Uh, I don't consider this to be work. I work three days a week, right? So I work Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm off. Spend all of that time with my family. Um, you know, whatever we decide to do with our lives, I do those days. And I put in the work. And on work days, I'm only managing my teams. So uh, do I have to get up and work today? No, I don't. But I like what I do. So I choose the work. And that's what to me, semi-retirement is, right? I don't think I'm ever going to fully retire because I love what I do. We work from the neck up, right? We don't have, we don't use 
our bodies to physically work. You don't, all the hard work is done from the neck down. I'm not swinging hammers, right? I'm using my brain to work so I could do this forever, you know? Man, every now and then I bring somebody on the podcast. I start, I start crushing, man. I'm like, man, this is, this is where I'm trying to get. This is this is who I need to be networking with. And that's what I hear. I hear so many themes in what you're talking about. I hear networking. I hear the, the comeback from bankruptcy, the mentor that you had that kind of put you up, put you on some of the mm-hmm. game. Uh, over leveraging. Several mentors. Like what, what over leveraging looks like um, and, and how to avoid that. I hear out of country investing, right? Not just out of state investing but out of country investing. Uh, and then you, you talk about your family and spending time with your family um, and you talk about cash flow. So lots of different rabbit holes we could go down. Yeah, man. Um, pick, pick one, man. Let's, let's, like, let, let's, let's talk a little bit about it because I'm, I'm six years in, I'm 34. Um, my portfolio is already well beyond anything I already ever imagine you know the typical person i'm talk, talking to when you tell them you own over 100 properties you have over 250 tenants they think you're crazy right like who does <laughs> that in my circle that's that's mm-hmm. so i'm trying to expand my circle right this conversation <laughs> it was funny man because when, when i first started uh really looking into the rental game this was back in like 2009 ish uh, somewhere right around that that time, I always wanted to get in before, but I never had the opportunity to. Not, things just didn't line up for me until around 2009. I had a friend who owned 120 rental properties at that time, so I kind of went to him. He gave me some pointers, but at the same time, he introduced me to a guy who owned 5,000 units. Yeah. And before before I met uh, Kevin, who owned 5,000 units, I, I'll tell you, man, that was like unheard of. Yeah. To me, I grew up in a project, so I didn't know anybody who who owned 5,000 units, right? So I said to myself instantly, I said, okay, if this guy can do it, I can do it, right? Because he had humble beginnings as well. If he can own 5,000 units, there's no way I can't. So, that, so my goal right now um, is I'm actually working toward getting 5,000 units by the time I'm 50. I'll probably do it before that. Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind I can actually do it before that, but the goal for me is 5,000 units at 50 years old uh, and possibly more, you know? So when you just mentioned it, who you're networking with, you know, the circles you surround yourself with, the masterminds that you're a part of, all of these things will play a part in how you think about things. You know, the problem that I see a lot of people have is they don't want to invest into themselves, their education. They look at it as an expense versus an investment. It really is an investment because you're going to learn something and all you need is one key nugget, the fuel, the fire to be able to get you from where you are to where you want to go at the end of the day, man. You know, I tell a lot of people like you're, you're, you're one person away. You're one motivational moment away from like changing your life. Yep. So you've got to get around people that are progressive doing big things and you are what you believe you are capable of, you know, if, Yep. I tell people about my first house. I bought a little house in Mississippi for 15 grand on a credit card. And when people ask me, like, why did I buy that house? It's all I believed I was capable of. Mm-hmm. Right. At that time, that was a huge deal, like huge risk. And we are what we believe. Right. And, and we are what we believe, which is a lot That's of times right. shaped by the people that are around us. So you talk about networking, like 
how do you get around the right people? How do you get around those people that think 5,000 units instead of, you know, one? You know, uh, most people think that rich people or wealthy people are, it's the best way to put this. Most people, they have this misconception that wealthy people don't want to share how they got there, right? And that's far from the truth. I learned this as time went on. The, the, the wealthier the people are that I've had a chance to meet, the more sharing and, and, and the more helpful they've been with information, right? Um, I think it's, it's more so about you proving that you want something bad enough. And if you want it, they'll be able to help you get there. Sometimes you have to invest some capital to be able to, like me, I bought my way into certain circles or uh, if I'm, uh, if I've been a part of a, you know, I, I've known somebody who was a part of a circle, they kind of naturally brought me in, but there's been times I've spent thousands and tens of thousands of dollars yeah. just to get a meeting with somebody to be able to be in that circle. And that just opened up the doors. I, I've made a thousand times my money back because of it. Um, so I don't have that, that mindset of I'm spending this money, um, where, I'm not going to benefit from it. I have the mindset of I'm investing this, this money. It may take me a little bit of time to get it back, but naturally I'm going to make 10 times my money back no matter what. And I think people have a tendency of, let's say you had $10,000, right? If you got 10 grand, most people would say, I got $10,000 at least most people from our communities yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and this is, real I'm not talk. trying to throw shade on us, real, but I'm just being talk. real. Yeah. Most of us are going to take $10,000 and we're going to, that money is going to be gone in two weeks. Yeah. Look at, look at tax season, right? Yeah. You get all this money back from tax season, rather than thinking about investing, you think about going out and buying new furniture and TVs and stuff. That's not going to benefit you in five years, right? Rather than doing that, take that money, even if you don't get an immediate investment out of it, like purchasing real estate, even if you got some knowledge out of, uh, you know, investing that money into your education, once you have this, nobody could take that away from you. You know how to get the money at that point. So you just got to reconstruct how you think. And I'm only speaking from experience. You know, um, I grew up with very little means, uh, but the way I think now is completely different than than the way I thought before. You know, so, and then you got to get your life in order, right? There's a lot of different things we could talk about, uh, John, you know, but I live my life by four pillars, man, is my spirituality comes first, mm-hmm. then my health and fitness, then my family, then my finances. Finances is the least, the, the least concern for, for anything in my life, right? I don't even worry about it because when all the other ducks are in a row, your finances are going to be in a row as well. But if you put God first, then your health and fitness you got to take care of yourself before you can take care of your family. Mm-hmm. Then you put your family after that. Then your finances. To me, that's the best way to live your life. And sometimes you're not going to have all four pillars. Uh, you know, you're not going to, they're not going to be solid all the time. You're going to have to work towards, towards making it perfect, which it'll never be perfect because we're imperfect people. Right. But you know, that's something that you can work toward every single day and improving upon to be able to become a full person, you know, in my, in my humblest opinion. So a lot of synergy there, a lot of synergy there between what you're saying and what's, what's proved true to me as well. I mean, 
talk to me a little bit, and and I I, I want to keep to the time that I promised that I would keep. But talk to me a little bit about like how you're giving back to investors that are trying to get started. What are you What are you doing to help others that are that are trying to get get in? Yeah, so I have the REI Education Academy, and obviously there's different levels of it, right? Um, majority of the time I spend now is providing free information on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, I have close to 270 videos on YouTube at this point. I've been really going hard on YouTube for the last year and a half, even though I've been putting up videos since 2008. Okay. Um, but really serious about it over the last year and a half. And because of that, my community is growing. Um, but my, my biggest thing is just giving back to people who really need it, providing them with real information that they need to hear, not what they want to hear, but what they need to hear and putting them, helping them get into a position to where they can actually take action with the information, right? So that's what the YouTube channel is all about. Uh, They call me the family-oriented entrepreneur uh, because I base my YouTube channel uh, on being a family man, uh, understanding that, you know, you got to have balance in life. Uh, It's not all all about uh, going out and and working 24 hours a day to get what you want. You got to have balance. When you have that balance, it leads to happiness, as well as uh, financial freedom. So that's exactly what we do. And, and we do this through uh, cash and cash flow in All real right. estate, right? So uh, I believe cash flow will, you know, money is not the, it's not the answer to everything, but it makes things a little easier for you to be able to build up the other aspects of your life. So um, what I do is I provide free information uh, and I do have home study courses and coaching programs and things like that. But I really, even when people come to me for a home study course or a coaching program or something like that, I'm really encouraging people to just go through the YouTube videos and take action because I've had people, honestly, I've had people over the last year that I've been putting out videos come to me and say, you absolutely changed the way I thought. You changed my life. The information you provided helped me change my situation. I've actually made money. So uh, that's proof that if you just go through the information and you're willing to take action and push yourself, then you can save thousands of dollars on education um, and really get out there and have the information that you need to go from where you uh, go from where you are right now to where you want to go. Um, so it's really about action taking. If, if you if, if you listen to what I'm saying, it's more about taking action versus, you know, uh, having that analysis paralysis paralysis like you mentioned earlier. Yeah, definitely wanting to get out there and get started, do something. That's right. Uh, it's, it's the information age. It's, it's the best time ever to, to be able to get information. I know that even when I got started six years ago, there wasn't as many like plentiful sources right. of information. And now it just seems like every and, and it doesn't even, you don't even have to 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 get out there with people that you don't identify with. Like you can find people that you identify with. Maybe you feel like they have a similar background story, connect with them. Um, I, I agree with you that they, they can be very sharing and giving with information. And then you got to take action once you're, once you're getting That's the name action. of the game, man. You got to take action. You know, so the got, information is plentiful. One question, because you've mentioned this several times that I, that I want to bring up and then we'll, we'll kind of um, allow you to, to give some tidbits before we wrap up, but really like, can you tell me, like, how do you balance things between family and this grind that you've talked about today? 
Like, how do you make sure that you're communicating with your, your spouse, your family in a way that, that makes it sustainable? Because I know a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah, man, that's a, that's an, you know, a lot of people ask me that question, man. And yeah. I'm going to give you two different answers to the same question. Number one, um, I'm going to give you the answer that everybody wants to hear. And then I'm going to tell you what the real answer is. All right. All right. So how do I balance? Um, honestly, it's all about, you know, first and foremost, I went through a time period in my life where I was that guy who was grinding, working at five o'clock in the morning. My wife was right there with me. Right. So we would we were the couple working until five in the morning until we figured out that that gets old real fast. Right. Um, the real answer is just living according to Bible principles, man. You know, yeah. um, and I, some people don't want to hear it, but that's that's really how I live my life. You know, according to Bible principles, because if you have you know, if you if you read the scriptures, it'll tell you, look, you got to be balanced, you know, um, you if you put finances over everything else, you're going to lack in, in other places. If you don't have, make time for your family, that's going to cause family issues. If you, if you don't make time to feed yourself spiritually and mentally, then you're going to lack in other places. So, and if you don't take care of your health and fitness, that's going (laughs) to, you know, you're not going to be able to take care of your family. So honestly, that's the real answer uh, where I'm going with it is, you got to be able to um, live according to Bible principles. Now, everybody has their own opinion on, on, on that. That's a whole nother conversation. But you wanted me to provide you with an honest answer. That's how I live my life. Hey, look, that's, that's how you live your life. And, and I mean, some of us are only aspiring to get to that level. It's a very mature response. But I know, like, you know, my wife, she works separately. And mm-hmm. I know I'm facing that challenge a lot these days with, okay, how much time do I put in my business? How much time do I put into health and fitness? How much time do I put into my, my family? You know, how much time do I put into all of these different areas? And it feels like sometimes it's, it's not balanced, you know? Yeah, Definitely I get it, man. Like it took me years to be able to figure out how to do it the right way. And what I've come to realize you know, and this is the other side of that answer that I was talking about. So we, we live according, I live according to Bible principles. Uh, I think that keeps me balanced. And when you're spiritually balanced, everything else falls into place. But in addition to that, I believe that when you set specific times for certain things yeah. and you, you give it 100%, uh, you know, whatever you're doing at that time, if you just give it 100% uh, of your effort, then you're going to benefit from it. That's why I only work three days a week. That's why I structure my schedule to be able to have my team take care of majority of the grunt work for me. And they really take care of everything, right? Um, that's why I'm able to say, okay, uh, Tuesday, you know, Friday and Saturday is all family time. It's because I set days and times for certain things and I'm able to accomplish more having a structured time frame for everything than if I was to say, okay, I'm going to work five days this week. And then in reality, what do most people do during work time? They, they sit and scroll through social media. So yeah. if you, if you structure yourself and you say, look, I'm going to give myself three to four hours today. And on every Monday, I'm going to have three to four hours. And during that time, no social media, uh, just strictly business focused. Yeah. Yeah. You know how much you know how much you're gonna accomplish in that so, time. So much more productivity. 
Yeah. Or what about exercise? I'm going to make sure I exercise for at least an hour a day. I'm going to make sure I get 10,000 steps in a day, just walking, giving yourself cardio, right? I'm going to lift weights for an hour a day, 45 minutes or whatever the case may be. I'm going to make sure I eat every certain amount of hours. I'm going to make, and when you structure your life, it's a little, it takes a little bit of work, but you'll, you, you'll get used to it. When you structure your time in that way, there's nothing but productivity happening all around you all the time. I hear so much intentionality in what you're talking about, like intentionally planning mm-hmm. to do things that benefit you, that will grow you. And I'm happy to be able to have this conversation because this conversation right here is going to bless me in so many ways. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to deepening this relationship, man, because yeah. you, you've done some, some fantastic things. I can only hope to get there. Um, but I also think that, that there, there, there are some things that we can, we can share with each other. Um, Absolutely. That's been when I've made the most progress in my business is when I've found people with kindred spirits and you share kind of what you've got going on. And then you realize like, oh, I didn't think about it that way. Or I, I, I could have went further. I can go further now that I've had this gained this relationship. So, you know what that's called? Yeah. What is that? That's called masterminding. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it's called, man. You know, you look at some of the great leaders that that uh, that have done some incredible things in history. They all had people around them yeah. that they could bounce ideas off of. They call that a mastermind. Read the book. Uh, if you, I'm sure you have already. It's called Thinking Grow Rich. I think oh, it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, I think it's chapter six or something like that. It talks about masterminds and the power of it. You know, but I'm a part of multiple masterminds today. Yeah. And uh, when I can call somebody and say, "Hey, this is what I was thinking." And then they give me, you know, they look at my business from a bird's eye view and say, here's where you could fill in his pocket. And while I'm while they're talking, I'm looking like, OK, this is what you can do as well. And you're helping each other uh, to to hit the end goal. That's a mastermind, man. So we That's could definitely this is something that we that, that we're doing right now. We're masterminding, man. Exactly. Exactly, man. It's, it's, I, I just think about like the last three years, those pivotal, pivotal moments, like, okay, I paid, you know, a thousand bucks to get in this room. And somebody told me, oh, you thought you think your business is big. Like, this is nothing like it's so much bigger. And then you go and you implement that and your business gets bigger. And then you get in another room with people that are like, um, you only got one business. What do you mean? Yeah. Like, you can yeah. talk more. And then you get in the next space and people are really influencing you for the better. That's um, right. And you're doing the same thing to them. You know, you're doing the same thing to them. So and in reality, man, you know, at the end of the day, you you know, you should constantly be searching for the room where you're the smallest guy in the room because that only leaves room for growth for you. You yeah. know, so if I'm the, the head honcho in a room, I'm in the wrong room. You know, I need to be in a room where. You know, if I'm doing, let's say, $20 million a year, I want to be in a room where they're doing 100. And yeah. if I'm doing 100, I want to be in a room where they're doing a billion, you know. So you always want to be the smallest guy, one of the smallest guys in a room. You want to bring some type of value, but you also want to keep in mind that you 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 don't want to be that guy. You don't want them rolling out the red carpet for you. So you should feel like the smallest fish in a room. leveling up leveling up man we we could talk forever um we went all over the world today but i I wanted 
to, to have this conversation. We mentioned having an authentic conversation. This is really our first time really getting to know each other. Yep. So folks, like this is this is how you this is how you grow, right? You meet meet fantastic people, great character, great work ethic, and then you figure out how you can work together to level up. So uh, definitely want to give people an opportunity to reach out to you if they want to connect with you later after they listen to this. How can folks reach you after they listen? Well, first off, man, I, and let me just say this. I appreciate you having me on and I'll be happy to come back and deep dive into any topic that you want yeah. uh, business related. Yeah. Um, if you want more information from me, just check out my YouTube page. You know, I think I provide that 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 platform allows me to provide real world value with yeah. things I'm actually doing in my business. Um, you know, just for example, uh, I, I'm about to release a video today on specific performance. I have to take a seller to court because he sold a, a contract from underneath me a couple of weeks ago. That's real life, right? Yeah. That's not it really happens. You know, that really that. So the YouTube channel, not only does it allow me to provide education, but it also allows me to show what's really happening in my business. And, you know, if you want to get to know me, I think that's the best place to do it. Um, just go to youtube.com slash Jamel Gibbs. You'll get ton, a ton of value. And then in the description box, if you want more from me, then you have the opportunity to do it there. Awesome. Awesome. Very good. And everybody knows you can reach out to me at the Grab the Map podcast. I'm on YouTube and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. I answer every single email that goes to grabthemap at gmail.com. Jamel Gibbs, man, I just Googled your name and I see all kinds of great stuff. So <laughs> I think people are going to listen to this and, and want to reach out and take advantage of the materials that you have to offer. Man, thanks for doing this so much. You want to have a closing thought or something closing you want to leave the folks with? Yeah, man. So at the end of the day, you know, just take heed on what I said, right? You want to make sure that you're taking massive action. Think about it like this. You, you, you have a destination. There's a reason why you're in business in the first place, right? What's the destination for you, for your family, for the people around you? Um, you could get into a car and you can... Uh, start the car, you can put the car in drive and start driving. But if you don't have that destination, you're just going to continue to make circles and end up right where you started. But when you have a map and you have that destination, which is the end goal in mind, you will find a way to get there. You have yourself as the driver, you have the vehicle to get there, which is your business. What's the destination? All you have to do is know where you're going, get clear on where you want to be in three to five years, because that's really all it takes. Three to five years, you could be done, finished, right? Three to five years of hard work, putting yeah. in the effort, the time, the things that your business needs. Remembering your business is like a baby, right? You have to feed the baby. You have to nurture it. You have to make it grow. And just understanding the different seasons that comes along with it. You got the planting phase. You got the cultivating phase, the harvest, right? All of these things will uh, play over time, three to five year time frame. If you work hard, you understand what your destination is, eventually you're going to get there. But it's going to take you as the driver, the driving force of your business to be able to get there. So don't think about it. Just take action. Get out there and do and stop thinking so much and you'll be fine. Man, it's very core of, of what we like to say here. Don't just look at it. Grab the map. Thank you.